Here we're talking to Blake Anderson, head coach of the Utah State football team, and we're in the offseason for the Aggies. Coach, thanks for your time today. Appreciate it. Appreciate y'all having me. Always, always, always a pleasure. So this offseason, how is it different than the last year where you were new, still trying to figure out your squad and your coaches, but you've had all that now experience behind you, a full season. How is this year shaping out to be any different than what you went through last year? You know, last year, everything was first time through uh, for the players and a lot of the staff. We had we had a handful of staff that came with me from Arkansas State, but but a lot of them are new and just getting used to what I wanted and, and how it was supposed to look. And the schedule was different and a lot of new bodies. Um, so this, you know, offense and defense, brand new schemes, new terminology. This year, we're able to kind of take the next step and, and really be a little bit more detailed and Guys came back in knowing what we're doing. That, there's a comfort level in that. Same staff for the most part. We only lost one staff member on the field there uh, going into spring for a while, one off the field, but kept all my coordinators in place. So there's a lot of comfort in the fact that we can now build on what we've – the foundation we kind of put together. Standards extreme, extremely high. Had a, had a season that um, probably nobody expected. I'm not going to ask you guys if you all want to quote on that, but nobody really anticipated the season going the way it did. So – uh, a lot of energy coming back in the spring. Good foundation for what we want to do. And uh, I think that's where you, you're able to start seeing the improvements. And hopefully we will. Hopefully that will translate to the field. So how does it kind of change this offseason where last year there was kind of a lot of built-in motivation. You guys really caught hold of the fact that you were rebounding from that, you know, that poor season in 2020. How does the motivation process change this season where you know you got to wake up and get, get out of bed and – Something's got to motivate you, whereas last year it was rebounding. What's it like this year, you know, trying to motivate yourself? Yeah, you go from rebounding to repeating, uh, and it's always tougher to win it the second time than it is the first. We're not going to surprise anybody. Everybody will see us coming last year. I think probably a, a bunch of our opponents overlooked us to some degree and really didn't expect a lot of us, and we surprised everybody. This year they'll see us coming clearly. There'll be a big target on us. So the it just changes. You go from – trying to earn respect to maintain a standard that was set by the guys before you. Every team is different, and there's no uh, – you don't get any points for last year. You just get uh, really high expectations. So this group's got to be mature enough to work uh, in, in a different environment. Last year, quiet, under the radar, zero expectations. This year, out in the open, tons of expectations. Everybody sees you coming. And that in itself is a huge, huge challenge. So we're, we're trying to um, stay focused on the things that we can control, which honestly are the exact same things we could control last year, just our daily work ethic, our, our approach to trying to get better, trying to take the next step in, in each phase of the schemes that we run and the techniques that we teach. And uh, that's, uh, you know, that's really where all our focus is at. Last year's team had – you relied on a lot of transfers to come in and implement the style, the system that you wanted. This year uh, you still have some transfers, but it's not quite as heavy. But you may not be done with the recruiting process. Um, the transfer portal has become a whole different thing than it was just a few years ago. Uh, at, at the end of spring practice, when that was done um, – it seemed like there were a few other players that announced that they were going to be entering the portal uh, before that deadline. So you still have a few holes to fill. Is that fair to say? And are there still players that you may be adding to your roster, or are you pretty much set with what you're going to do for this upcoming year? It, it is still ongoing. The the portal um, 
in the NCAA rules that was changed. We had a, a rule that that changed on the 18th of May that created some opportunities to, to add a few guys that in the past we would not be able to add. We did have a handful of guys that were looking to play more. Uh, we we helped a handful of guys drop down to lower levels and, and get on rosters where they can get on the field. And it's always part of our challenge coming out of spring ball is, you know, this is your two deep, this is your rotational players. There's a handful of guys that are just running out of eligibility and not seeing the field. And we always want to be real open with them give them the opportunity to stay, but also the opportunity to look for opp- uh, for opportunities somewhere else. And we're able to place every one of those guys on other rosters so they'll get to finish their career on the field. And it does create a few spots that we are still currently recruiting uh, due to the portal. Most of the spots will be veteran players if we fill them at all. And we may not fill them. We may wait and use them in December. Um, the new 85 rule gives you the, the ability to be at 85 at any time regardless of how the initials and and hard cap numbers and all that have played out in the past you you can get to 85 but um we're not going to we're not going to take a guy just to take one if we don't feel like they can help our roster immediately then we'll save those spots till December recruit those spots uh and our recruiting class is going to be blended between portal players and high school players and maybe even a handful of JC players so it's it's um we're in right in the middle of that right right at this point. We got we got guys on campus today, as a matter of fact. So kind of over the course of your coaching career, how much has recruiting changed because of the transfer portal? Because you know, it used to be you bring in guys to high school, and especially at small programs here, you'd bring them in, redshirt them, and then they'd wait. Now it just seems like you're bringing in guys who are almost going to start right away. Like how much has that changed over the course of your uh, your coaching career? Well, the portal has changed dramatically, and, and the landscape of college football has changed dramatically. And then you throw NIL into the mix, which obviously is a huge conversation at this point. Um, it has it has changed how you manage your roster, how you blend your recruiting class. Uh, we still want some young developmental players that we know will eventually get on the field in two to three years, but the opportunity to plug and play a, a guy in immediately that can can step in as a veteran. You take a guy like Justin Rice, Brandon Bowling, Byron Vaughn a year ago, and MJ Tafisi who came out of the spring as our starting linebacker. Justin Rice graduates. You bring in MJ Tafisi, who comes from the University of Washington. He's ready to step out and play at the level we need him to, whereas we've got a couple really young guys on roster that we love and think in a year or two will be at that same caliber, but they just weren't ready today. And so that's that's part of the process of managing your roster now. Where do we need to plug in a high school player to develop? Where do we need a veteran player to compete right now? And is it a junior college player? Is it a transfer player either moving up from 1AA or down from a Power 5? It has put a lot of factors in play that five years ago, ten years ago, were not part of the equation. And we're all having to also maintain our roster. And if you've got a great player – there are chances that there are people on the outside that are recruiting them to leave. If a guy's not getting to play quite enough, there's a chance he's going to be frustrated and want to leave. It is create a lot of dynamics that we just haven't had to deal with in the past. We're real fortunate we did not lose a lot of players. We lost, I think, probably two players off our roster that we felt like were in the too deep. Everybody else that, that chose to put their name in the portal were guys that were down the list 
that really needed to probably move on to play and get on the field, and we helped them. But um, we didn't have a mass exodus, which is great, which I think speaks a lot to our culture and our ability to win. But um, we did graduate some key players too, and we're not in a position to just take what was on the roster to fill those those shoes. I mean, how do you replace 30 t- touchdown catches? And so we have used both high school and the, the transfer portal to fill those spots. And you, you guys saw the guys this spring, Terrell Vaughns, uh, Brian Cobbs had a great spring, Tafisi, uh, Daniel uh, Grishak. The guys that we've added, and there's several other names as well that will show up in the fall, the transfer players that we added showed up immediately and all factoring are all factoring in the two deep. A lot of them are factoring as starters, and most of which are replacing guys that had great seasons last year. And that is the – that's the thing the portal is allowing us to do that we just didn't have the opportunity to do years ago. Getting back to you, you mentioned the the recruiting limit has temporarily been suspended for at least a couple of years. When you're looking at your roster and deciding like are are players making those advancements, does that change your philosophy now on how you work to develop players and kind of help them move somewhere else or? Uh, try to find other ways to, to fill your roster? and Do you feel like that might change year to year how many kids you may bring in, whether it be transfer or high school kids or JC? How does that affect kind of your on your, your philosophy going forward? You know, you know we, we've always kind of had that conversation. The only thing the rule did was it, it puts you in a position where this is complicated, but in the past you could only sign 25 guys a year. And if you had 25 guys graduate, you sign 25 and you replace them. But that's rarely the case. Going into next season, we only got 13 seniors. So if we're at 85 and we only lose 13, we can only replace 13 spots. What this rule did was let you throw out the 25 initials, the 25 hard caps. That rule doesn't apply anymore. And wherever you're at, if you're at 70, if you're at 50 or if you're at 80, you can get to 85 right now. Uh, and when I took the job at Arkansas State, I was the fifth head coach in five years. We had 55 scholarship players on the roster. I could have signed 30 guys right then and there and gotten back to 85. But because this rule wasn't in place, I could only sign a certain amount of initials every year and due to attrition and the roster that we had, it took me seven years to get to 81. Right now, you have the ability to get to 85 immediately. Now, for us, we have a pretty solid roster anyway, so it didn't change dramatically what we could do. It did create a few spots that we have the ability to fill right now, and offense and defensive line are always big concerns, and a corner and potentially, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, a uh, special team type player that maybe we wouldn't have been able to have taken in the past. But it didn't dramatically change. Now, you take a team that's maybe had some transition and lost. You look at an Auburn who lost 20-something guys to the portal. Uh, you know, my previous school, Arkansas State, that had 25 or 26 kids leaving the portal. Those schools are probably, you know, taking a ton of guys over the course of the summer. For us, it's really only a couple spots. The still the same conversation is, do we need a high school player, a young guy that we can develop, or do we have to plug and play a veteran player in that particular position to be competitive this fall? 
And that's the decision with every spot, every year. And really, that's always been that conversation. Just in the past, you couldn't go to the portal to get that guy. You had to go to a junior college, maybe, player. Now it allows you to take a veteran player that's played at this level or maybe played at the Power 5 level or, or the 1AA level and maybe outplayed that. It, it just added a different dimension to it that we didn't have, if that, if that makes sense. Yeah. So a really big offseason topic this year has been NIL. I mean, we've seen a lot of the big schools, you know, they've already had one coaching fight almost. Yeah, yeah I'm going to stay out of that one. <laughs> yeah, I want to ask you to get in that. But, um, like, so we've seen kind of the millions of dollars seem to be thrown around there. What's it like for, you know, a bit of a smaller school here, you don't have the $100 million budgets. What's the approach to NIL like for you guys when you know, talking with your players and even potential recruits? Well, I'm not supposed to talk to my players about NIL at all. I mean, we're not supposed to have anything to do with it, which is one of the things that's crazy because there's a lot of conversation being had about it by a lot of people that aren't supposed to be talking about NIL. It's supposed to be directly between the players and the open market. And that's the the intent of the entire thing. Um, I've been surprised there's not been a lot of questions about NIL in the recruiting process here yet. Uh, There's been just a couple – you know, coach, do you have guys on the roster that are are benefiting from NIL, and and that's something I can honestly answer. Yeah, we do have a handful of guys that that do benefit through NIL. It's not the entire roster, and and it has not been part of the recruiting process in terms of guys making decisions. Now, clearly, that is happening across the country, and obviously at the Power Five, or maybe not even the Power Five, maybe the, at the elite, the elite Power Five level, it is a huge conversation right now. There is some trickle down, and I think one of the things that's great about being here in the Valley is there's not another college team in the Valley. There's not an NFL team in the Valley. So it does create some opportunity for guys on our team to be visible and to be recognizable, and then that creates some some opportunity. Um, you know, we're going to stay out of it. We're going to let the system work the way it's supposed to. Uh, we, uh, you know, we've got a we got a passionate fan base, and I think everybody across the country realizes this is a this is a place you at least have to be somewhat competitive to stay relevant. And, and I think um, you know we've heard enough from people in the in the, in the community and in the valley that you know we want to we want to help. We want to be a part of it. We want to. Uh, help the program and not just football really all our athletic programs so um, I I think in that sense we're right where we need to be we're we're, it's not the conversation and recruiting kids are coming here because they want to win they want to be in the right culture and they love the valley and what the the fan base brings to the table Uh, the NIL stuff is what comes with playing well and producing and and doing what you're supposed to do and that's to me that's the way we want it to be Switching away from recruiting yep. for a minute, uh, the Mountain West announced just recently that next season they will do away with divisions, and there'll be some scheduling matrix that they'll put together that hasn't been released just yet. But mm-hmm. your reaction to that? Did you like being able to play with a you know a certain number of teams geographically close to you, or do you prefer to have it kind of open and have a variety of different teams that you'll face? I see the benefit of not having divisions in the sense that you, you get your two best teams in the championship game. And if we have the opportunity to get into the playoff, if it expands and, and you're fighting for a playoff spot, you want the two best opportunities so that regardless of who wins or loses, we can plug into that spot. So in that sense, I get it. Uh, I do like regional rivalries, and I like the idea 
uh, of divisions in the sense of us playing the same teams every year, the home and aways of that. And that does get a little bit watered down when you when you get rid of divisions. So that comes with good, but you lose – obviously you lose that aspect of it. Um, at the end of the day, we're hoping that the playoff does expand and we want to make sure that the Mountain West has a representative in it and having the two best teams in that game gives us the best opportunity to do that. And so ultimately that to me is what wins out. So you believe if the playoff expands that you know, the Mountain West will have a really good chance at placing somebody in the playoff at least somewhat consistently? We had the best group of five league in the country this year. We've had that several times. And, and it's we uh, – we played head to head against Power Five leagues and, and held our own. Obviously, uh, had a you know winning record against the Pac-12. I, I feel like it's going to be the best group of five league moving forward. And if that thing expands, that yes, our champion should be there and would deserve to be there. We're going to play good games out of league early in the year to show our ability to be competitive. We've shown that in bowl games as well. So you know, I think we need to position ourselves to be as strong as we possibly can. And the league's never been stronger than it is right now. So we have to prepare for the CFP to expand and be positioned to own a spot in that thing every year and show that we can be as competitive as anybody and as competitive or more competitive as some Power 5 leagues. One other question on scheduling. It was also announced recently that the BYU series is going to be suspended. They're going to try to find a way to get it back. But you only had one game, one experience with that. Uh, certainly they're going to be on the schedule this year, but your feelings about having that those future games canceled? I, I hate it. Obviously I hate it. I think rivalry games and proximity rivalries and in-state rivalries are, are rare, and it's one of the best things about college football. Uh, to, to be a part of that last year and feel what the energy in the stadium felt like, I, I don't want to lose that. Now, it's a tough game, and we're – when they're going to the Big 12, there's a lot of advantages that come with them being in that league that make it even harder for us to recruit against them on a daily basis, but we don't want to lose that game. Uh, I knew it was a problem because of the way they schedule in that league and they only have three non-conference games. I would prefer them to have dropped a different game, but it is what it is. I hope it gets, it comes back around at some point. We're going to try to make the most of it this year. We play them on a Thursday night game for the whole country to see on ESPN, so hopefully we can find a way to get that done. Um, but I, that's what I love about college ball. I love that in-state rivalry, that you know, right across the border rivalry. That's something you don't see in other in other sports, and, and, and it's something I hate for us to lose. And then, last question for me: How are you doing after you've had a heck of a couple of years? Yeah, it's been tough. And uh, certainly, what didn't get any easier this winter? Just how are you doing? and getting through everything right now? Um, truthfully, I'm, I'm getting up one day at a time and doing the best I can. Uh, you know, you, nobody wants to get the phone call that we got about Kaysen. It's been basically three months since we lost him, and, um, you know, it's a struggle, to be truthful. Just leaning on great people, leaning on my faith in Christ, and, and trying to be the best I can be every day. The kids have been amazing. The staff has been amazing. Uh, I am looking forward to just getting away a little bit this summer and just kind of trying to reset myself a little bit and recharge my battery before jumping into the season. But um, we've had overwhelming support and, and prayers and, and care, and it has been uplifting. But to be completely honest, it is a struggle to you know get up every day and take the next step and, and probably will be for a while. 
but I appreciate you asking, and I appreciate all, all the people that have that have reached out and, and cared for us and and helping us kind of carry the load of what we're what we're dealing with right now. Didn't mean to end the interview on a, it's, it's on, a okay. on a low note, but I you know I know there are a lot of people who do. Yeah care about you and your family and what you've gone through and and certainly want to make sure that uh people know how you're doing and and know what they can do to help walking with a little bit of a limp right now would be you know but we're but we're walking and um nobody wants to um to deal with what we're dealing with but this is the path that god's got us on we're going to use it to glorify him and god's gonna gonna use it in big ways and and hopefully uh, help other families, help other people uh, that end up dealing with the same thing. Uh, you know, hopefully our strength and and his strength shines through, and um, maybe it it um, helps somebody else not have to deal with it. Maybe it, it opens some eyes to um, to what we went through, and and, and maybe it, it 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 stops somebody from dealing with the same situation. So I just feel like I'm really blessed to be in the situation I'm in as a head coach with the platform that I have. Uh, and, and that comes at a cost. And, and in this particular case, it's trying to, um, trying to be an example to others when, uh, when I can. And, and that's what we're trying to do, and that's not always easy. But hey, I appreciate you asking the question because it does give me an opportunity just to point things back to, towards Christ again. Coach, thanks for your time. Best of luck, and uh, we'll be checking in with you here before too long. Yeah, it won't be long at all. It'll be, it'll be ball time in, in no time. <laughs>